No. All right. With that all being said, hi everybody. Hello. Welcome to Nerds of the Night. Of the night, even though it's filmed in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. Is it the afternoon? Well, it's because it we need. The afternoon? No. It's because we need the night you don't to have be to tell nerdy. What time it is when you I know. Going out that, it's not live streamed. Yeah. I know. But but we need to record in the afternoon so that we can be nerds in the night. You know, maybe that's why they have us scheduled for six at night at Black Hills Con because maybe. we are nerds of the night. They couldn't have us at like one p.m. No. No. Not even, like, when they open at, like, 10. Yeah. Morning. They couldn't do that. We're not nerds of the morning. Definitely Who not. has ever known a nerd of the morning I unless it is? They're never up by choice. They're not the human. But, yes, I am one of your <laughs> hosts, Ashley. And I am the other host, Jade. In case you forgot, because we need our introductions. <laughs> or Jade. But, you know. Well, no, the character I'm playing in Pimpernel is Jeanne. And so Jeanne. now everyone keeps calling me Jade. <laughs> like, I'm just going to introduce myself like that now. You're Yade. Yade. Okay. okay. Yes. Why am I Yade? I don't know. Okay. But uh, today we are talking about <coughs> stuff. We're talking stuff. about stuff. Or the evolution of movies, I believe, is what we had planned. Yes, which, honestly, I looked it up, and there's not a whole lot, Hmm. actually. Oh, really? Well, then we can just talk about movies. We will. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean there's not a whole lot? There's, like, okay, compared to video games or other stuff. There's more compared to video games. Yeah. How? You would think. No, I would know. Okay, let's talk. Let, let's start with this. The very first motion picture machine was not invented by Thomas Edison. No, it was invented by a Frenchman who went missing, and then Thomas Edison was like, "A ho, lol, surprise! I've got a magic moving picture machine." And what's the name? The name of the movie? The movie that he? It was just people at a train station. Yeah. yeah. It, it was it was people uh, waiting for a train to arrive or people at train stations something like that. It was just a very short little Hello. clip of a train arriving at a train station. Mm-hmm. Hansel's gonna take back his spot. I don't uh, I don't remember because they they go over that in um, the movie Hugo, and um because I love that movie so much because it kind of gives like a little history on movies. Someone I was talking to someone mm-hmm. and they said that the very first movie was. Uh, a rocket flying into the eye of the moon. I was like, no, it was a it was a train station. Yeah, and then later on, it was like a quick one minute clip of a train yeah. arriving at a train station. <clears throat> and was, but the very idea. very first one, and apparently it's still out there. I don't know where it is. It was legit a two second movie for mm-hmm. the very very first one. Yeah, it was just a train arriving at a train station. Yeah, and uh, here we go. And the people watching it, uh, at least in the, the way that they described it in Hugo, which makes sense, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was an actual thing, when the people were watching it, they would, like, jump up from their seats because the train looked like it was about to, like, run into them, and, you know, nobody had ever seen a motion picture before, so they're all freaking out thinking they're gonna get run over by a train when really it was just a little movie. I'd like to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was in the late 1800s. Yeah, that it came out. Okay, so what I mean that what I mean by okay, so of course movies have a longer history. I think that when I say video games had just more, I meant more to say in. Yeah. My opinion, because it goes from, like, one thing to another, and then, and then Disney, and then jumps. Well, video games, video games are an interactive medium. That's, that's the whole thing with them. That's the reason that they're so, um, influential in today's media. But movies have been around for 
literally centuries, and they've evolved yeah. over time from uh, from still images that are just played in front of a slide really fast to to film to digital media, and it evolves the the techniques that they use over time, the the way that they record the things, the different kinds of cameras that they've evolved over time, and just the 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 um, uh, material, mm-hmm. what they're what they're filming, this type of stuff that they're filming, because uh, su- surprisingly, uh, not to uh, anybody born in the year 2000's understanding, but movies before the year 2000's were not Marvel. Yeah. What? Yeah, I right? know. What? I mean, uh, Disney has been around, li- Disney movies and everything have been around since the 1920s. The Steamboat Boat. Yeah, the Mickey Steamboat Train was actually the very first animated movie. Yeah, uh, animated movies. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, Steamboat Willie. The Great Train Robbery is what it was called. Not the Steamboat one. The Great Train Robbery was the name of the- Steamboat Willie robbed the train. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, your money! (laughs) Dorothy. Dorothy Dorothy just does that. Dorothy wants to join the podcast as because the Amsel are here. We have. You just cannot because there's no dogs that. down here. That's that's why. Yeah, yeah. I love how Halsey's just using the edge of the microphone as Halsey's like no until she attacks Dorothy. Okay, so okay, yeah. the Great Train Robbery. It was an interesting thing. Uh, one of the names of people the uh, people who was really uh the key point of movies and everything in the very beginning i believe it is pronounced edward here is how it is spelled e a d w e a r d i would think that would be edward what that is edward what this is how it is spelled e a d W E A R D. Weird. <laughs> weird. But no, that was um. But no, the no the first movie ever made was called uh, the Round Hay Garden Scene, and yeah. it was filmed by Louis de Prince. And that was and he the... was the guy who was who went missing. <sighs> Thomas Edison definitely got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely got rid of him. Yeah. Probably. It's not so much that he discovered. He didn't discover anything. He stole other people's inventions. Exactly. Thomas Edison was an absolute shitlord who would just steal things from other people and then claim uh, claim ownership over it. That's that was un- his entire career. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, that is. But yeah. Other people invented things, and then Thomas Edison was like, ah, ah! No, I discovered this. Aww. It is my discovery. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, this is why I don't trust humanity. No, we just don't trust anything. History is written by the victors. You can trust us, though, sort of. I mean, you don't know what we actually look like. You can people on a call who you don't know what they look like. Okay, you can trust Chris. You know what he looks like. You know exactly what Mm -hmm. I look like. You do not know what we look like. I thought you were telling me that I could trust you guys, and I was like, I don't know about that. Please don't stalk me on Grinder. So. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so the next era, what a lot of people know, the silent era, which mm. was the 1880s through the 1920s. Mm-hmm. It's really w- what the actual real moving pictures with people in it is pretty much what it was. It was the first where they made full things feature-length films, and it wasn't just, like, short little scenes. Yeah. So the silent movie era was where they were really, like, these are movies. Mm-hmm. People will pay to come and see these. We're going to start doing these regularly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where you get, of course, the big names, like uh, Charlie Chap, Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, D.W. Griffith, and Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, they rebelled against the studios and started United Arts. Artists promising to give actors more control of their own careers. Oh, cool. (coughs) Yeah, I believe they were the first ones to do the actual Actors Guild, which was Mm -hmm. to protect actors and their rights. 
Yeah. Mm, interesting. But these were, of course... I'm reading through through all of this stuff. It, I definitely realized a lot more. Like, I know for a fact... So when I was younger, I thought, you know, they came out with 3D in, like, the early 2000s. 3D mm-hmm. movies. That is not true. Hmm. 3D movies actually came out in the 50s. The first 3D movie came out in the 50s. Oh, yeah, it was a horror movie. Yeah, because horror movies became... Are, is Other than the silent films and everything in Disney, uh, horror movies were the first... was the first genre of movies that really became big. Because you get all of your classic horror movie monsters, you know... The Mummy, The Invisible Man, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, the Russians are coming! Uh, the movie 13 Ghosts <coughs> uh, was actually a very clear reference to the original uh, 3D style ho- of horror movies. Because what they would do is they would have it to it. They, um, not, it wasn't a reference to the first horror movie, but it was a reference to very early horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the original 13 Ghosts that aired back in the early black and white days, um, had a kind of technology where you wore these glasses and you had two sets of glasses. So the blue ones, uh, you had blue ones and red ones. Yeah. The blue ones would show, uh, just the movie. The red ones would show the ghosts in the movie. Yeah. So you could actually mm-hmm. see the ghosts interacting with the things <coughs> around everything in the movie. Oh, or if you had so just cool. the blue ones on, you just saw, like, a Poltergeist-style thing going on. Okay. So That'd mo- be entertaining. Yeah, so the newer 13 Ghosts movie that came out, where they wore the glasses to see the ghosts, was entirely oh, a reference to that. That's so okay, cool. Okay, that, that definitely makes sense. That, that's really nice. Um, nice touch, nice touch. Back to the Russians are coming. The Russians <laughs> are coming! <laughs> um, movies were not... Uh, yeah. What if I land two effects? What if I land two effects? We're going past that. The talkies, uh, which started in 1927, so going past the silent era to movies that actually have sound. Yay! Which the first movie that actually had sound was called The Jazz Singer, which was released in 1927, super sound and images for the first time. And creators said... Let there be sound. Let there be sound. And there was sound. So the 1952 comedy, Singing in a Rain, is actually a depiction of the difficult shift to taking pictures uh, taken 25 years later. Mm. So these are films where people, of course, had to rely more on their actual voice acting rather than... Body language and facial expression. My body will tell you everything you need. No, now you've got to actually use your voice. What am I supposed to do without my voice? (laughs) You can't forget about body language. Are you telling me that I gotta do more than just look funny on screen? Now I gotta actually talk to the audience. Yeah. What am I gonna do with this voice? I don't know. (laughs) Find a new career? Somebody tell me what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. You're supposed to be sitting there looking pretty. Yeah. Because you know we can't do that. Yeah, no, I'm not pretty enough. Just kidding. We're not pretty. That, that's why we're doing a podcast, so you can't see us. <laughs> yes, hello, it is me, the entire face of this podcast. The other voices, they're just the voices in my head. Hi! See a good voice that we need to get on here? Nobody needs to question why they're both female voices. <clears throat> no, but don't ask questions. Do not ask questions. No, a voice a, a voice I would love to have on this podcast. Oh, oh. Not that. No. We'll get angry, Elmo. No. Wow. The mouse is listening. There's nowhere to hide. <laughs> Halsey's gonna be a weirdo. <laughs> Do you know how to say cease and desist? <laughs> wow. No, a, a voice that I would love it's to have on here. Control. We'll save for later. Oh no. Just because the voice in my mind is like butter. Oh. Um, Neil Newbon. Mm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Mrs. Butter's voice. <laughs> <No. laughs> 
The voice no. in my mind is like butter. A butter. No. So no. I got myself a oh. bottle of Aunt Jemima's. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Neil Newbon, the voice actor for Heisenberg. Yeah. I knew, as soon as you said, like, <laughs> butter, I knew exactly who you are talking about, because you said that, like, three times during yeah. that podcast. Because honestly, I'm sorry, but I love him. He's, yeah. he's awesome. I, just his range for, yeah. As soon yeah. as I heard the voice, I'm just like, I gotta cosplay that character. I don't know what he looks like, but I'm probably gonna love him. Yeah. But if you ever hear this, or if you ever, we will get you to Black Hills Con. Yeah. I would like to have you in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? No, I think he would honestly be Maybe a. Maybe he likes men. He likes men. Oh, I mean, he obviously had a thing for Ethan Winters. Everyone knows that. I no longer know what's going on. <laughs> no, but no, I think Neil Newbon would be here. a great yeah. um guest at Black Hills Con. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Because, I mean, even voice actors in general, they're just uh, kind of easier to get to con, I yeah. believe. So, and his main thing is, of course, video games. Yeah. He's done Detroit Become Human and, of course, Resident Evil. Yeah. Well, like, and... Let's put that in her mind. Bring Neil Newbond. Please. Hey, Chris. Caroline. I know you're listening. I know you are. <laughs> Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, real quick, interceding for a <laughs> well, funny story. Great on the audio. Yeah. <laughs> interceding for a funny story time real quick. Yeah. At the first Black Hills Con, they were doing uh, their uh, cosplay competition, and um, Caroline had walked away for something, and Chris said on the microphone, he was like, hey, Caroline, I need you for something. And from behind the curtains... I shout at the top of my lungs, sweet Caroline, and everyone in the room goes, ba, 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 and I was like, yes, success, and later on, she's sitting there, and she's just like, oh my goodness, and I'm like, hey, do you know who did that, and she was like, no, I have no idea, and I was like, well, now you do, and she was like, I'm going to strangle you, and then she's like, well, actually, I've been called worse things than sweet, so I don't mind, and I was like, okay, that's fair, yeah. now it's a thing. So yes, <laughs> we are going to embed it into your mind to bring Heisenberg, maybe even Connor, to Con, to Con, Connor, to Con. <laughs> so interesting story before we, <laughs> one more quick sidetrack before we get back to the movies. Yeah. And that's your regularly scheduled programming. So As it was when we were doing Curse of Strahd. Mm-hmm. This was my first D&D campaign. And my tiefling rogue, uh, we decided, well, I drew from the deck of many cards, and I got me a servant. Mm-hmm. Named Connor. I gave him the name Connor because mm-hmm. I quickly looked at the painting of Connor that I had done for Ben. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I'll name him Connor. And then we gave him the personality of Connor. He's trying to help, but he's not doing the best job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he couldn't make any hits. <laughs> so we kept just, this is how it went. It's like, I'm just like, Connor, the pointy end goes into the bad guy. And he's just like, eh. I'm just like, Connor! You're useless! Aww. He eventually became my love interest. <laughs> Curse funny. of Strahd because of something. Because we were streaming. Yeah. Um, We were streaming it on YouTube. Yeah. And one of the people in the audience pretty much just put in there, it's like, oh, the, it's, it's pretty much a love interest. So that's what it became. He's useless, even though he's my servant. But he will do everything I ask him to, and he is my love interest at the end. Eventually, well, eventually we got him back. Mm -hmm. But he goes in to try and help. 
And um, he gets attacked. Yeah. And he is down to one life point. So they're just dragging his body across the floor, and he hits a trap. Aww. His head hits a trap. And so a dart goes into his butt uh-huh. and kills him. And then dart this, my butt cheek. <laughs> this person over here, um, his character Dagnir, decides that's to. That's f- Yeah. Oh. What were the creatures that you had inside? Kobolds. Kobolds. I had I had five little pet kobolds. Oh no. He fed Connor to his kobolds. I did. No. They were hungry. But he was dead. But Connor. <laughs> I dead. know. But Connor. They were hungry. But Connor. But he was dead. But. And they were hungry. But, no, 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 no. He was dead. Okay. And they were hungry. I we, I put on this whole spiel of just like why. My Connor! No! <laughs> and then he just pulls out, like, his rib bones and everything as a necklace and hands it to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, Dagnir ah! <laughs> made a necklace of Connor's finger bones. Oh my gosh. And gave them... <laughs> and gave them to Muse. <laughs> to Muse as like a, That's... I'm sorry for the death of your friend. Because he doesn't know anything about social situations. So yeah. he's like, friend, here, remember? Oh. I'm just like, ah! Dagnir no. doesn't speak, so the entire time it's just him, like, uh, it, it, he looks like, when he's when he's looking at you, he looks like a confused dog that's also a giant skeleton. Oh, yeah. no. I love the it's character. Just like, it's but... just clatter, clattering of bones and like confused skeletal hyena noises. Oh. This character, two hits and killed Strahd. Oh yeah, he just went. Like Ben legit beefed up Strahd so he wouldn't one hit him. So I didn't so... hit him instead. <laughs> well, I was trying to kill Katarina for betraying us. She's just like, no, it's part of the plan. I'm like, I will have your head on a platter. <laughs> that was because legit for that episode, they had Odessa and I mm-hmm. sitting because normally we sit next to each other. Yeah, they had us sitting on opposite side of the tables, and they're just like, "Trust us, it's for your own good." I'm just like, "What? Okay." And then it goes to where she betrays us, and I stand up and I nearly jumped across the table. <laughs> I'm just like, "How dare you!" If Dagnir hadn't been focused on Strahd, mm-hmm. Katarina as a character would have died. Oh. Because Katarina also betrayed Dagnir, and Katarina was the only character that Dagnir was actually close to, other than oh. Wayland. Oh no. And so the betrayal was strong. Oh yeah. And Dagnir, he two shot Strahd. Mm-hmm. He would have one shot Katarina into death. Yeah. He also would have allowed Muse to personally, because Muse already had it out for her. We were talking about movies. This is just a D and D podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Muse. <laughs> Sorry, we'll go back in a second. Yeah. I don't know if there's a point. It'll be. It's so jumping around. We might as well just talk about D and D the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the evolution of movies. Side note: D and D. Yeah. But no, it's like. My character Muse automatically did not like Katarina because she had this hoity-toity, almighty thing because she was a princess. She was royalty. And she kept using that. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) until eventually, again, I drew from the deck of many cards and I became royalty myself. She's like, I was blood. I'm like, yeah, and I'm first in my line. I'm going to have a better kingdom than yours who destroyed itself. I just made an offhand comment. I was like, well, at least they're currently royalty. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, yeah, there was that. But they did not let me take out. I distracted because... Hansel and Dorothy were attacking each other, and Dorothy was just kicking Hansel in the face, and he was making the funniest reaction faces. <laughs> so, okay, um, okay, focus. Vampires, Rise of Horror. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's not for <laughs> On our, like, 10, 15 minute tangent. Yeah. Okay, but anyways, uh, so, yeah, 1931 was the rise of horror movies. Um... But yeah, horror movies. Ooh. Yeah. 
They existed very early on in film history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah. It, it was a oh, big thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Our table. Yeah, it's so, broken. I hope you guys are... So what was that about trying to get back to the point? I hope you guys are wearing headphones for watching this, because if you're not, that could be very misconception. Okay, here's the thing. The We're all dead tired. It's just going to sound awful. Yeah. We're all dead tired. I got me a coffee with extra shots of espresso in it. Mm-hmm. And that was the very first thing I've had consumed today. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, the, the big thing with horrors... Uh, so anyway, horse. Horse. No, there's no horse no, in this. No, this isn't the ring yet. There's We're a war- not there. Yeah, there, there's a werewolf, though, in oh. London. Ooh. Ooh. What about a werewolf uh, in Paris, France? Oh. Werewolves. What? That's an actual movie. Huh? The werewolf in Paris, France. Yeah. It was way better than a werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. We're talking about... Yes. Um. But yeah, we're talking and about the original ones. It's... But that's true. That's pretty much the werewolves of London. Oh. It's 1930s porn. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. But, no, the the big thing with more um, horror movies was, of course, the um, the creature features. So, you know, yeah. Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, the invisible man, King Kong, the bride of Frankenstein, and the werewolf of London. Yeah. They were all produced within... Four years of one another. Oh, that's cool. So they all just came out. It's like, yeah, horror. Blah. But, of course, before horror, there was the mouse that roared. Walt Disney in the 1920s. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it started out, you know, where Disney really became a thing. And, of course, it was the first animated movie of Steamboat Really. Mm-hmm. And it's Tom Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, Mickey Mouse is this. I watched a thing. Um, There was, we got, like, the Looney, we got one of the Looney, Looney Tunes compilations. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, like, different an- the ways that animation started. And a lot of the characters originally kind of looked super similar. So you had Mickey Mouse and the <laughs> people of Looney Tune. They had had a different character. I don't remember <coughs> what the name of it was. But it looked really super similar to Mickey Felix Mouse. Felix the Cat? Ah, uh, maybe. Felix the Cat was the competitor around the time. Yeah. Because he was very similar in body shape and mannerisms, but mm-hmm. he was a cat. Yeah. And then you which have Horace Horse Collar, which was a fa- mm-hmm. which was a famous cartoon mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, he was a horse. Yeah. I, I, I figured. Same era of animation, st- uh, another competitor, different animation studio. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, a, a big way that they were, uh, and what a lot of people noticed with Disney is you can play some scenes in two different Disney movies side by side, and it's the same movement, which is, I, I mean, it made it easy because, you know, they already had the movement, Well, yeah, so. they, they used an animation style called rotoscoping for a lot of their early animations, mm-hmm. and what that was is they would have a live actor, usually, uh, I think, uh, for uh, example, like in Alice in Wonderland, they had, like, a, a young girl. <laughs> who was just in a studio and, and doing all the movements and everything. And then uh, they would, frame by frame, animate over the uh, over the uh, video footage of the girl mm-hmm. just doing her thing. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of them that, uh, because rotoscoping is expensive, and, and getting the actors in there to actually record that is expensive, mm-hmm. they would reuse a lot of the same live footage and rotoscope different scenes over it. So two scenes that use the same rotoscoped footage... Uh, will have com- wildly different contexts uh, for why they are what they are. And, and, and it's it's not lazy. It's just super neat. Yeah. It, it's it also... Yeah, it makes things easier because you can use the same movements in two different scenes and they be different in uh, that way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, by the 1940s, Disney produced feature films... Including Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Bambi. Uh, yeah. Disney produced contents that carried people away from the reality rather than re- recreating films steeped in the real world. 
The train robbery was based on an actual event. Interesting. Yeah. There, um, I don't know if we've passed over it or not. Have we gotten to, like, the movies that used, like, puppets and stuff to do stuff? Like, in, um, The Labyrinth and... Surprisingly, that was not in here. No? No. No, it it was, it was a, it was a common, uh, anime, or, um, movie style at around, oh, I want to say between, like, the 60s and the 90s. Nice. Um... Where they would ha- enter, they would have like Muppet style puppeteering mm-hmm. um, in the film. So yeah, and a lot like of people labyrinth. were easily on drugs, um, and that's why those princess, movies are the way they they are. Yeah, princess Bride, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I want to say is another one. Um, the Labyrinth. Uh, a lot of movies around that time, like uh, Hoggle was such a good character. Oh, I love. I love Hoggle. He's so funny. Going to the bog of the turtles, bench. Um. But it was it was really good because it brought to life never ending story. That was the other one I was yep. thinking. Sorry, it brought to life a lot of what uh, CGI couldn't do. At yeah, the time. CGI has definitely evolved, and nowadays there's a lot of CG that they do really well. But there's a certain point where you can't get past how well practical effects are done. Yeah, like animatronics <coughs> and and puppets and stuff like that in movies. Jurassic Park is another really good example because mm-hmm. they had a, a good mix of animatronics and puppets. The animatronic T Rex in, in Jurassic Park was so buggy, and a, a lot of times because it was wet, it would move on its own and injure the uh, the workers inside that were working on it. Oh, weird. What? Yeah. Ansel. So. So there was a, a myth going around that the uh, T-Rex for Jurassic Park was haunted. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> because it would move on its own. It's like, no, it's just and, it, and also, fun fact, there's also a belief that that whole thing with the animatronic T-Rex in Jurassic Park is the kind of influence, partially the influence behind the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Oh, that's cool. You know, I just, because the, um, the age where they had the puppets and they had, to me, I, I love movies and they've, they've excelled, like, way past where even currently we think, we thought that it was possible, but I personally feel like that, to me, was my favorite age of movies, just because it felt so much more interactive and creative. Mm-hmm. It felt like the movies themselves were being put together with this with like pure imagination and it just felt you know magical i know that sounds like cheesy and typical <laughs> but it felt it felt more real to me well yeah because mm. it brings to life a lot of what you expect those characters to be yeah instead of rather the just animation or the actual characters itself which you can easily imagine those and everything but when you have this character that they created just from scratch and everything specifically for this movie and they bring it to life yeah hello or even like or even like (coughs) when they mixed and like that it when it was obviously animation they mixed animation and live action movies like in mary poppins Mm -hmm. with the penguins scene who framed roger rabbit Oh, I yeah. love that. That's such a good example of it because they did such a good job of, mm-hmm. of meshing together animation with live action filming. Yeah, it's it's such a good movie because. And then there's the loveliness of Looney um, Tunes back in action. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Space Jam is another Space really yes. Ah, uh, yes. But the like like the the puppeteering feeds really well into like the next evolution, which was practical effects in movies, mm-hmm. uh, and that was when they when they did a really good job of using animatronics and makeup and prosthetics to bring to life what would otherwise be impossible. Mm-hmm. So things like the Aliens franchise early on, like the aliens in that franchise were people in suits, yeah, and that's horrifying because that brings those to life, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you start, when you take something that is terrifying and you CGify it, you get sci-fi original movies. Yeah. Where it's just awful, can't be CG, sci-fi, mm-hmm. and you get... But those are some of the best. I, well, some of them, <coughs> uh, but some of them are also like five-headed shark attack. And it's like, feasibly, there's no way a five-headed shark would exist, but whatever. Like, um, Okay. 
But then you have things like Anaconda. Oof. Jaws. Yeah. Which the was Exorcist. a CGI movie, but at the time, the CGI was done decently enough that it was just terrifying. Yeah. And you didn't even see an Anaconda until, like, the last little bit of the movie. It was just all inferred. Yeah. Um, I think when it... I, Jaws had a really good practical effects division because it was all, uh, it, it was a Bruce the animated shark, the uh, animatronic shark was horrifying yeah. and would constantly malfunction. Yeah. And half of the movie is Bruce malfunctioning. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, Bruce is having a seizure. Interesting, I learned this, I learned this from a video that I watched, so credit to whoever pointed this out to me, but, um, the, uh... In the very beginning of Jaws, the first person that dies, she did not know that she was going to be the first person to die. They the pulled, her, tri- yeah. pulled her under the water. Without her knowing. And she's actually freaking out in that first scene. That's how you do it. she thinks she's going to drown and die. One of my best franchises, <coughs> one of my favorite horror franchises, is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And especially the, or- the early bits of Nightmare on Elm Street. Because... Like, the first three movies mm-hmm. are all practical effects. Like, there's a little bit of movie magic here and there, but it's, like, one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh, in the entire franchise is Johnny Depp <laughs> is, is dreaming, lays on a bed, gets pulled into the bed, and then a blood fountain sprays out from the bed and onto the ceiling. Like, that didn't need to be in there, because sufficiently, the character is dead. Mm-hmm. So the dream ends. But they were like, no, we're going to do a blood fountain. Because why not? So the entire room was on a giant rotating gimbal. So when they when they pulled him through, the entire room flipped upside down, and they would f- pour gallons of blood through the opening in the bed and into their room. And again, that rotating spindle, again, malfunction. And injured people. And injured people, because if you actually watch the movie, you notice that the blood actually moves across the ceiling, like sideways across the ceiling, and that's because while it was being poured down, it started turning. It started turning, and that one functioned, and it started turning on its own. They could literally only do that scene twice. Oh, wow. And it's such a good scene. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you you just have to ask them the scene because, and the moving blood because it malfunctioned. Early horror was probably the best era for things like practical effects because it was, they needed to bring the monster to life. Yeah. To where, to where a lot of stuff, yeah, it, it can be good now because they have more ways of creating special effects because, but I think with horror nowadays, they're just trying too hard yeah. to add in so many special effects so it just makes it bad. Well, and Overdone. A lot of them miss the difference between mm-hmm. thriller and horror. Yeah. Okay. Thriller is just supposed to get your blood racing. So you're going to have like a bunch of things on screen at once or something, maybe like a jump scare or two. But it doesn't, it doesn't terrify you. It just gets your blood pumping. <coughs> oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Actual horror... It's, it's, it's shit that's done really well. You have things that, like, just the environment that they're in, without any jump scares, brings genuine terror. Like, just watching the movie, uh, seeing these characters go through this situation, and you're like, this is awful, I'm terrified right now. One of my yeah. favorite horror movies is called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is so good, because throughout the entire movie, they... They don't really do a whole lot with, like, oh, there's a spooky ghost or anything like that. It's just a lot of practical effects and, and mm-hmm. recording. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a found footage tape of, like, this family or, or these, uh, these kids who are doing, like, a, uh, like a psychological um, thesis movie mm-hmm. for their college project where um, they're, it's, it, it's the life, the end of a life of someone with dementia mm-hmm. is the idea. Oh, and throughout the movie, it, you get little hints and tips and things here and there where um, it's just small things that are just weird, where it's giving you a feeling that there's something not quite right yeah. going mm-hmm. on. Like, Deborah, the, the old lady, just slowly, like, 
starts transforming. Like, she starts growing, like, hard thing patches on her skin where it's, like, scales almost. Yeah. At one point, she starts, she, like, is in the hospital and goes to kidnap a child. And just walk out with the child. And, um, at, at, at a certain point, they reveal that she's actually possessed by a serial killer from the oh. 70s who was obsessed with an ancient Mayan ritual that had a heavy emphasis around the imagery of snakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she was basically <laughs> possessed by him, transform, transforming bit by bit into a snake, <laughs> essentially, like a human snake, Yeah, and was being used as a tool to complete the ritual for the serial killer so he could live forever. Oh, wow. And so, like, at some point she spits acid at a cop... Oh, mm-hmm. and starts melting his face. Uh, at a certain, she there they find her in a cave with this child, and mm-hmm. her mouth is extended out like oh. she is eating She's, the child. Oh, like I don't know how well they how they got this uh, CG to work so well because it they did such a good job and it looks so real. Yeah, that sh- she is swallowing whole this child. And then they fire off a gunshot, and like she, and then ah! yeah, it's terrifying. It sounds terrifying. The movies, the two movies that terrified me. Yeah. Oh, hang on. There we go. Anyways, but the two movies that terrify me because the atmosphere, like some people don't completely like one of them. Mm-hmm. One person doesn't like them because, you know, it didn't have a, a real happy ending and they felt like, you know, what they did was all for nothing. But this is the movie that got me into horror movies. And simply because even the trailer itself was so well done. I saw it and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I normally don't watch horror movies. I normally hate horror movies. I need to go see this. I'm sitting in anticipation waiting to know what movie it is. <laughs> the Woman in Black. Ah, right. Okay. With Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. Watch the trailer alone. But the trailer alone was so well done. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was just the whole thing of like, it had a few jump scares here and there, but it was a lot of just atmosphere. Yeah. That made it... And, it, and in a way, it was also kind of messed up mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. With it, but just the haunting that it was and the atmosphere that it had, that dark atmosphere, that quiet atmosphere and you never really saw her you saw bits and pieces of her because that was the whole thing yeah we're still going okay but that was the whole thing of you saw her doesn't matter for how long one thing was for sure that a child in some horrific way would die Mm. that was the thing with it i'm just like oh and then you see it and just the atmosphere of it it was just like an old style ghost story. Oh wow. Is what it was. It wasn't extreme, it wasn't a possession or anything like that. It was just an old style ghost story that took place um I believe maybe either before World War 2 or before World War 1. Oh wow. In London. So it was just that atmosphere of that movie that it was a little slow, but it kept you on your feet. The other one that just scared me because it was honestly just messed up. Mm-hmm. Sinister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made you think it's like, okay, is this actually real? Oh, yeah. Is it based off of an actual folklore or whatever i'm pretty sure what they did is they end up just creating their own what they did is they created their own folklore with it but it was so messed up and pretty well done that's okay (gasps) oh he's not a ghost he's a demon but he's a demon 
again, still, my whole thing is, like, yeah. Yeah, either way. Either way, it was still just... If we if we went to somewhere haunted together, like a lot of us, I would you be would the be one shamed. like, come at me, demon! Take my soul! <laughs> I you, were, you would be the one person that I'd be like, please don't possess him. Please! Because please. I would make... No, no, I, I would I would 100% tell tell demons and ghosts to possess me. Yeah. Because I would make it a living hell for them. Like, I don't... <laughs> Try taking over my body. You I, won't like it. I'd be Why like, are you constantly in pain? I, I, I would be hiding. Like, the demon I'd invasion run. is like, you live like this? I'm like, yes. He will be the Shane. We would be the Ryans. <laughs> that is what but, we would be. Yeah. But the one, so with that, um, I'm sorry. Am I kind of <laughs> going to one that I like real quick? There was <laughs> one. One movie that was not the Saw movies. We're not. I'm not. I'm not getting into that right now. But one movie that actually kept me up at night. I don't know if it would be designated a thriller or a horror. It was kind of both. Mm-hmm. It was called Mirrors. Oh yeah. <coughs> oh my goodness. I was petrified like i have i don't have any mirrors in my room but i do have a clock and it has a shiny surface and i can see my reflection in it if i have my flashlight on and i sleep in a loft bed so there's plenty of space underneath my bed and that movie just the um the scene where there's this scene where this girl yeah yeah she rips her jaw open and that's how she like the mirror has her kill herself yeah that, that was the oh, whole thing with the mirrors. It I, pretty much shows you how you're going to die. Yeah, it's it's controlling... The mirror, the reflection is controlling you yeah. into how you are going to kill yourself. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm, I almost never have to look away with gore, but this lady starts ripping her jaw open, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. And I had to look away because I'm like, oh, no. And I hear, I'm still hearing the sounds of, like, her skin and muscles ripping. And I'm like, oh. And I just peek at the at the screen and I couldn't stop thinking about it for days. Yeah, it was terrifying. This movie, they just, they did such a good job. But it was horrifying in, like, every way possible (laughs) because like and then you had like the whole aspect of you know it was it was some poor girl that had gotten uh malaria (laughs) (laughs) no uh i don't i don't know she had gotten stuck trapped in this mirror because she had been possessed Mm -hmm. and she and then this guy the the poor Main character of this movie is just trying to get away from this stupid demon. And he's like, I just want to live my life. Be gone, demon! And then he finally gets rid of it. And he's stuck in the mirror himself. And (laughs) it's like, no! And it it was so, so good. So scary. I... Yeah, I couldn't stop thinking about it for days. Speaking of movie evolutions. Oh, yes. And uh, atmosphere Mm -hmm. and what makes them really good. There's a series called Monsters. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's a two-movie series. I think the first one's just called Monsters, and the second one is called Monsters Dark Continent. Yeah. And it's about a weird alien species that falls (laughs) to Earth. And at first, there's, like, a massive um, quarantine deal mm-hmm. trying to keep people away from them. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it's the typical, like, military response to anything weird happening in a yeah. movie kind of deal. Like, it's full quarantine zone, don't go in, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. The first one was alright. It was about a news reporter who goes in and actually finds some, I think his boss's daughter there. Yeah. And they travel together through there, and they find out that the the monsters may not be necessarily evil. They're just different. Yeah. Um, the second one struck home for me. Yeah. In, in a really weird way. Um, it's about a group of kids, 
and, it, and it's a little bit after the first movie and, and where these monsters have become kind of just commonplace. There's still mm-hmm. a very, like, anti-stigma. Okay. Uh, there's very still very much a stigma against them. There's still course. an anti-monster, whatever. But um, it takes place at around the same time. Like, the timeline for this is, like, it's around the same time as, like, the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. When that whole thing is going on. Yeah. So it's these kids... Who, go, who join the military, and they get sent off to war. At the same time, all these monsters are in Iraq as well. Yeah. And it goes through, like, the pain of being in war and watching your friends that you've grown up with die around you while also there's this monster thing going on. And the monsters almost seem secondary to the whole deal. Like, they exist. Yeah. They have a point. But... It's more of the the nightmares of what you go through in war. Oh, interesting. And so, like, these kids who start off with, like, yeah, we're gonna go kill insurgents and whatever, and they go off and whatnot. Let's go kill some Nazis. Well, it's... it's, Iraq war. So let's go kill some sand people. Um, Yeah, like, like that sort of, like, racism towards it kind of thing. Yeah. Um... National French song. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it starts off with that, but by the end of it, him and his commanding officer, who's been to, uh, who's been on several tours, mm-hmm. um, are the only ones left in their pl- platoon. The, this kid just watched all of his friends die. His commanding officer has finally broken after yeah. watching his entire platoon of new recruits die. And mm-hmm. watching an innocent child mm. get killed by insurgents. Yeah. And he just fucking loses his mind. And to the point of threatening uh, his uh, only remaining squad mate. And when they get to a town where they find the corpses of the, um, of the people that they were actually sent out to rescue to begin with. Mm-hmm. Who had died. They were being taken care of. And given funeral rites by the villagers there. Because the villagers had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the commanding officer loses his mind. And just goes off. Like full PTSD. Like a- attacking the villagers kind of deal. Yeah. And so the private has to t- take him out. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole introspective on like the negative sides of war. And in a land where monsters and people exist... And the monsters are really not doing much of anything except just existing. Who are the actual monsters? Yeah. And it's such a good and powerful movie. Yeah, I I love it when movies have that that power, that feel behind them. Because you... There are some <coughs> movies where it's like, okay, yeah, that was a good movie. It was well-structured. But if it's well-structured and you don't have that, that feeling behind it, then... You're going to lose the crowd on that. You have to have pretty much just what draws the audience and makes them want to either love or hate a character. Wow. Character. 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 No, it's not like character. Character. Sorry. We are all... (laughs) Yes. But yeah, it, it makes you feel for them and... Just, like, you hate what's going on, you feel bad for them, or you just hate them in general, and you mm. want to strangle them mm. until their eyes pop out of their head. On bridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, but do not hate the actor. Yeah. Because of the character. Because if play. you hate their character that much, they, they are doing well. a good job. Look at yeah. fucking uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. So many people actually harassed him as an actor mm-hmm. because they hate his character. Yeah. And it's like, you need to separate the actor from the character. Yeah. You have to do that. Because Seriously. Because if you don't do that, you, you end up becoming a stan, and I fucking can't stand stans. You can't stand stans. Stans are a portmanteau of stalker fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the members of the fandom that are so overly zealous when it comes to supporting uh, the the creator that they follow mm-hmm. that they are willing to threaten other people. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's like, no, just... But yeah, if you hate the character, that just 
automatically means they're doing such a good job, especially when the whole idea is to actually hate the, the character. character. Now, if you hate a character just because... I don't know. That character's annoying. That's yeah. that's a different thing. Then maybe they're not doing their character well enough to maybe. where it's like, I know you're supposed to be a good character, but you're just annoying. Yeah. I don't like you. You're just... I think it's the way that they play. Yeah. The character. But then I'm trying to think. There was one that I... There's this one actress. Oh, I can't remember her name. Have you ever seen Snow White and the Huntsman? Yes. The the main queen oh. in that. She's in a whole bunch of movies. That's and every time... What? Julia... No, that's Mamre. Yeah. I was thinking Julia Roberts. Nah, nah. But, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, she... Every time she plays a villain, she does such a good job. Mm -hmm. She just has that... I mean, she's... Uh, you can tell that she is not, like... I mean... Obviously, outside of the actress, he's not a terrible person. But when she's acting these villains, she just gets that atmosphere where it's like, you want to take a step back. You yeah. want to, like, take the main character and drag them away from her. And it's, and there's just, there's people who do such a good job with the villains that makes yeah. you really want to punch them. And sometimes, sometimes it makes it to where you simultaneously want to punch them and hug them. So yeah. on one hand, you're like, oh, what I would do to see you die. And on the other hand, you're like, I really just want to see you have that redemption moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But like the queen in... Yeah, like the queen in Snow White and Huntsman, she does not have that moment. She never would have that moment, and I never would want her to have that moment because I would not believe her. Just that <laughs> moment of, I am glad you are dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes back, and I was sitting there like, no! No! So, this woman again. As we go on, more rants and everything, just a few more key points in movie history. movie history. So I found it. Uh, the first color 3D film actually came out April 10th, 1953. It was The House of Wax. Ooh, yeah. That was a really good movie. It really was. Um, I didn't see the original, original one that came out in 53, but I saw the, the remake, but I, I definitely feel like... <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like the originals just have more of that because the originals focus more on atmosphere rather than the thrill or the kills and everything like that yeah and then next up on there there's also the first fully featured computer generated imagery film which was toy story Aww. The claw. the claw. We like just referenced that today. It yeah. makes me really happy. <laughs> I saw this thing, and it, well, it was kind of interesting because people ask us and everything. It's like, what was the very first movie you saw? For my brother, it was um, apparently Toy Story. Yeah. For me, at two weeks old, my very first movie. And when I say this, people are just like, oh, that explains a lot. The very first movie I saw was Independence Day. Oh, cool. Yeah. Independence and Day is really good. I think I think we've covered... Yeah. Interesting fact about Independence Day. When they first... When the movie first premiered, they set it up to where you went and saw the movie. As soon as it turned to the 4th of July... In the movie, it turned to the 4th of July in real life. So they set it up perfectly like that. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, so, you had to watch it at the right time. But. Yeah. yeah. They set it up to where it played at the right time. To where there was that. Um, there is the first full performance capture film. Mm -hmm. Just everything is captured. The movements and everything. Uh, December 10th, 2009. And it was Avatar. 
want if people are just like Avatar Blue Avatar or Avatar the Okay, I was gonna be like the movie that doesn't exist or the movie that was yeah yes just beautifully done. Blue people or blue triangle? Yeah, blue people. So there was that. That's all I had. Um, another thing that they put in there was you know television but we're not talking about television right now we are talking about movies movies there was one thing that of course almost uh, apparently nearly killed movies and that was youtube oh when youtube became really big apparently there's this one where it was a nine-year-old kid and he does these diy science experiments and everything mm-hmm <sighs> He made millions of dollars in one year. Oh, I'm wow. just like, are you kidding me? A nine-year-old. You know what? We just need to get our videos on here and everything on YouTube. You will eventually find us on YouTube. Maybe even with actual videos. Maybe. 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 We're going to start with audio first. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to progress. Maybe. We're going to progress. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Until eventually, Chris just takes some of our bloopers, your moments, and everything, and animates us. Yeah. What are you getting into? Nothing, Mom. They don't even know. They're just arguing back and forth. Yeah. No, it's Halsey trying to get into stuff. It's Halsey getting into stuff, and (coughs) Dorothy being like, you, stop. Oh, yeah, I'll put it up there. Oh, are they? So, yeah. Where's Hamsel? Oh, Hamsel's on the- Oh, and he's just watching, like, give me some popcorn. It's about to be a cat fight. Watch the blanket. Yeah? Yeah. You want to tell us more? But yes. <coughs> I, would, I would definitely like to get us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Movies, <sighs> they're so cool. And there's so many things that go into them. And, uh, like... I, one of my favorite, so I don't know if you guys watch Mythbusters, but one of my favorite episodes was where they went into, like, the myths, um, and movies, mm-hmm. and, like, they went into, like, people crashing through windows, and guns yes. sparking every time they go off, and, um, people getting, like, falling dizzy. on top of bomb, on um, grenades and everything yeah. like that. The actual damage that it would, do. It would actually the do. Poor dummies. <laughs> yeah, but oh, but they're so cool how they make them though. <laughs> That's but, where I also went into just the whole the person who just goes into the theory of everything. Mm-hmm. Start off with the game theory, and again that was the thing. But that's just a theory. A game theory. And season desist. But yeah, he actually goes into full detail. Especially, like, the thing that got me into Five Nights at Freddy's was, of course, the game theory on it. Just the full story, finding out how exactly messed up this actually is. It's not just jump scares or anything. Yeah, it is a messed up. And he goes into just the theory of, like, who is who... Why is it this way? Can this stuff actually happen? You know, like the whole bite of 87? Mm-hmm. Like, can... Um, is that the bite of 87? Can, you know, the me- mechanical job malfunction and everything and snapping shut actually do that to a kid? And he went into the entire science of it and actually can't happen. Oh. So that makes it even scarier was... You know, I'm pretty sure when they were creating the lore and the actual video games, they didn't, they may not have actually done that much research of, is this actually possible? But this guy did, and it is possible, which just makes it scarier. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that. But yeah, where were we? I don't know what we were talking about. I don't remember either, but... Um, something about YouTube, and then we, and then I got on Well, that was towards the, I mean, we're pretty much towards the end of the discussion. Yeah, we are. Um, but, so, because what was I saying? I was saying something, that's how we got into the middle of that. The theories, (coughs) the, 
I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, the, the Mythbusters. Oh, Mythbusters, right. That's what we were. Yeah, they, they go into a whole bunch of stuff. Um, no, we are not sponsored by them once again. And that is the printer. Pause, hit the button. We're going to print out <laughs> another invitation. We're just going to give it to you guys. It's just going to... Okay. It's just printing nothing. We need to... We need to just print out the rest of the invitations so I can mail them out. Yeah. You need to know how many. Um... I'll give you a count. I'd say... Hey, anyway, right, so that's going to be the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be something. And, alright, so please check out our Patreon, RSS, Spotify, Facebook, and whatever else Chris and Ashley have set up, because I don't even know anymore. We don't know. <laughs> we need to actually uh, get tin- out. I-, I think Tinder. Tinder? No. Uh, check us out on Hinge. <laughs> Uh, no. find, find, uh, find Nerds of the Night on Plenty of Fish. No. Um, you can probably find us on, uh, Farmers Only. Mm-hmm. And you can find Chris on Grinder. <laughs> Swipe right on us. You don't know what we actually look like. You just know our first names. Well, no, they know what he looks like. Yeah. It'll just be an incredibly up-close picture of my face. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be that. We need to actually get more content. We'll go into discussion of that after we go off. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. We love you, and we appreciate your support. Just everything. Yes. About you guys. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We will be back next time. Time. Bye.